Welcome to the Criminal Satiris. This is your host, Nicole Janine. Hello, and welcome back to the Criminal Satiris, and this is your host, Nicole Janine. In today's episode 7, we will be talking about inmate Tavon White, a story of corruption and abuse within the criminal justice system that occurred at the Baltimore City Detention Center where guards, instead of securing the facilities, and I should say some guards, not all guards, and some inmates were able to help him continue on with his criminal enterprise and basically take control of the jail. With two hung juries in Tavon White's attempted murder case, he was waiting at the Baltimore City Detention Center from 2009 until 2013, where he was then federally indicted for racketeering. According to his federal plea agreement, White has been a member of the Black Gorilla family, also known as BGF, since 2000 and was in pretrial custody at Baltimore City Detention Center from 2009 to 2013. While in custody, he became the lieutenant commander of the BGF and then the commander in 2011. During his time at the detention center with the help of other inmates and officers, he was able to basically run the jail facilities and conduct his business on the outside with the help of his other partners. Per the federal indictment, White and members of the Black Gorilla family would smuggle in cell phones that were brought in by guards and then use the cell phones to get contraband by placing orders with fellow members and associates on the outside that would then buy the contraband, such as drugs, tobacco, and additional cell phones and other illegal items that would be brought into the jail and then smuggled inside by the correction officers. The correction officers would hide the contraband in their underwear, hair, internally, and anywhere else they could. Many times they could go through undetected by a metal detector, and if they were a pat search, typically nothing was found. So a lot of the standard operating procedures of searching was pretty lax, uh, as you can see. Sometimes the guards would not go through the main entrance to avoid screening altogether. Once inside the facility, the guards would either leave the items at predetermined locations or give the items to what they labeled as working men who were inmates that had special work assignments and privileges that allowed them more freedom to move around in the jail. The majority of these working men were paid members of the gang, so they were just able to pass it on to their leader, Tavon. The indictment goes on to say that cell phones were used to arrange sexual encounters to discuss the arrest and release of members and associates and to warn of investigations or people that were possibly stitching on them. Approximately in 2011, Tavon White began having relationships with Jennifer Owens, who fathered two of his children. He gave her a diamond ring and allowed her to drive a black and white Mercedes-Benz. And then sometime around in 2012, he began a relationship with Katira Stevenson, who also had his child, and he allowed her to drive his white Mercedes. Also in 2012, he got into a relationship with correctional officer Shania Brooks, who had his child, and she was gifted an Acura, allegedly. And his last documented relationship, according to the federal indictment that resulted in a pregnancy, is with Tiffany Linder, also occurring around the same time frame. Ladies and gentlemen, this man was busy. Four ladies at a time that worked at the same jail that ended up having five of his children 
and still has time to run a criminal enterprise. Mind you, they all work amongst one another and see one another probably regularly. And they're all just like, okay, yeah, we're sleeping with them. Whatever. On November 15, 2013, a federal indictment came down that charged 27 defendants that included a number of inmates and correctional officers with racketeering conspiracy, conspiracy to distribute and possess with intent to distribute drugs, possession with intent to distribute drugs, money laundering conspiracy, aiding and abetting and criminal forfeiture. White was able to become the prosecutor's key witness and indicated that he instructed guards that were motivated by sex and money to smuggle in drugs and cell phones and admitted that he fathered four of the guards and who willingly participated. Due to White helping to convict 39 individuals, he was able to receive a reduced sentence. Even though White mentions that the guards gave sexual consent, it should be noted if it is not known already that guards are not supposed to be having sexual relations with inmates. Besides a security issue, it's actually illegal and considered rape. In September 2003, Congress passed the Prison Rape Elimination Act, known as PREA, which promoted a zero-tolerance policy for inmate rape. PREA applies to all correctional facilities, including prisons, jails, juvenile facilities, and according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics. Federal law criminalizes any sexual relationship between officials and inmates because inmates cannot legally give consent. It should be noted that none of the women were charged with rape, though. For his role in August of 2013, after pleading guilty, Tavon Bulldog White was sentenced to 12 years in federal prison and three years supervised release for his role in the detention center's corruption and racketeering case. The sentence was reduced from the initial 20-year maximum sentence due to him being a key witness for the prosecution. Does anyone else see the irony in all this? This man orchestrated a whole criminal enterprise from inside the jail with the help of officers, inmates, and outside members and was able to become the key witness and turn on the same people that helped him commit the crimes to include his baby mothers. Honestly, it sounds like a good movie. In connection with the federal guilty plea, White also pleaded guilty to the initial state charges for attempted murder that he was waiting to be retried on, for which he received a sentence of 20 years in prison. Both of these state and federal sentences would run concurrent or together, plus he would most likely get credit for some of the time he already spent waiting in jail previously. Prior to the federal arrests, White was reported to have made approximately $15,000 to $16,000 a month. He was able to buy a BMW and a Mercedes-Benz while he was an inmate, which he allegedly allowed some of his baby mothers to drive. He's so kind. 40 of the 44 defendants charged in the racketeering conspiracy have been convicted, including 24 correctional officers, 35 defendants pleaded guilty, 8 defendants went to trial, and 1 defendant died. So, regarding the four officers that White impregnated, the first one is Tiffany Lenders. She was eight months pregnant with White's child when she had to stand trial. She was accused of tipping off White regarding a shakedown or a search by another officer in the jail that would be looking for contraband. And White claimed Linder knew about the shakedown because she was sleeping with another correction officer at the jail. Linder also admitted during her plea agreement that she had smuggled in prescription pills. She pled guilty to racketeering charges. There was also Shania Brooks, 
who was 27 at the time of her arrest, she allegedly brought attention to herself and other workers due to having an argument with Tiffany Linder, who was also pregnant with White's child at the same time. Brooks also filed assault charges against another one of White's baby's mother, Katira Stevenson. She was sentenced and released on August 24, 2016. Jennifer Owens was 32 at the time when she got arrested. She loved White so much she decided to get his name tattooed on her neck. Can you imagine you go to work and you literally have the inmate's name tattooed on your neck? Okay, got it. She also gave birth to two of his kids. She pleaded guilty to racketeering. She was sentenced and released on June 7, 2016. Tira Stevenson was 26 at the time of the arrest, reportedly fell in love with White after he would give her money and allow her to drive a Mercedes-Benz. She got pregnant when she was 24 and helped him bring contraband inside the detention center. However, she accidentally one day left contraband outside and it froze during a snowy day in Baltimore. Stevenson pled guilty to racketeering and she was sentenced to three years supervised release and she completed her sentence on February 3rd, 2017. So all the ladies are... Um, Free now since it's 2022 and you know hopefully they have gone on to be productive members of society due to an embarrassment that involved many government employees as well as the detention center being cited for health and safety violations due to having deplorable conditions to include a falling roof and sewage issues the detention center was shut down in 2015 shortly after the convictions of numerous officers and inmates it would eventually go on to be demolished starting in 2019 so there's that so anyway play stupid games win stupid prizes that's all folks thanks for joining in and listening to the criminal satirist and as always if you see something say something thank you for taking the time to listen to the criminal satirist i would love if you would subscribe to the show and don't forget to tell your friends and family you can follow me on twitter at Crime Satiris, and you can also email with comments and questions to thecriminalsatiris at gmail.com. Great reviews are also welcome. This is your host, Nicole Janine. Until we talk again, stay safe, and if you see something, please say something.